some of these plants have had research published on them and oh the same thing that the indigenous people are using it for we found these chemicals in the plant that actually help with that and it's funny because sometimes we try to make medicines out of those chemicals and the medicine we make has these extra side effects and isn't as effective and we might not even understand how like oh we thought we were making it better how do we get to this other product and why are we using this other product it's cheaper to use the plant the plant is super sustainable like practically free that is travis bodick and travis has been organizing ayahuasca retreats and studying traditional plant medicines for over a decade and in this episode we talk all about rape san pedro combo salvia amanita muscaria psilocybin and ayahuasca, these traditional plant medicines that have been helping indigenous cultures for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But now we're looking at a modern day context. Travis works one-on-one with people. He works in groups. He's an author and a musician. And we unpack a ton of a cornucopia, a pharmacopia of different compounds that can be used. Things like salvia, things like uh, in snortable tobaccos and what are they used for what do they help and not just people in the jungle of peru but also people in the western world if you knew that you could treat depression that you could improve your gut health that you could battle the symptoms of long covid with these traditional medicines that are extracted from plants you might take a look at it and in this episode, we talk all about it. We do. We take a really deep dive into what the experience is like, how they heal people, how they help people. And Travis tells us some pretty incredible stories about how some of these plant medicines have helped people. You see, this is more options, more details for health and longevity other than the force-fed, westernized, allopathic, sort of chemical application of health this is something totally different and uh i know all about this stuff and i was still super surprised by some of these details Uh, this was kind of a treat for me because travis lives by me and so actually we recorded this in his living room and uh i had a really fun time with it i know you're going to get a ton out of this episode you can learn more about what travis does if you go to soulremedy.org he's got a couple of books Uh, one of which is dedicated to helping you understand how you can work with these medicines at home. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy this. Uh, If you like this episode, please share it. If you haven't subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast now, please subscribe. It makes a huge difference for our statistics and uh, helps promote this podcast. If you haven't done it yet, please jump in and leave me a review on whatever platform that you're listening to and, and share this. If, if, uh, if you've never heard about any of this stuff and you think that you know somebody in your life that might benefit from this information, where you can find some of this stuff, what's safe and effective ways to use some of these plant medicines, um, please share this with people that you love and that you care for because that's at the heart of what this podcast is all about, is helping people with solutions. And uh, it's my pleasure. I want you to be optimal. I want you to live optimal. I want you to have your best possible life. And you need options. You need, need new ideas. Uh, you can follow me. You can learn more about what I do as a coach. If you go to seanmccormick.com, that's S-E-A-N mccormick.com. And also follow me on Instagram. It's real Sean 
McCormick. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to send me a DM on Instagram or you want to send me an email, sean at seanmccormick.com. Give me some ideas for, I don't know, podcast content that you would really love to listen to. Please, I'd love to hear from you. Without further ado, everybody, Travis Bodick from Soul Remedy. Welcome, everyone, to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting-edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And I'm here with Travis Bodick from soulremedy.org. Travis, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having me here, dude. Well, thank you for having me here. Oh, this, yeah? <laughs> this is uh, cool because I don't get to do podcasts in person that often, so it's uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me at your home. Yeah, definitely. So I would love to start, if you would, by listing off the compounds, powders, uh, substances, brews that you yourself have experienced as part of your journey into into this healing modality. Yeah, it's a lot, so I can't list all of them, but uh, I'll focus a little bit. I, I work with whole plants in their natural forms and like simple extractions like teas. So I work with a lot with San Pedro, psilocybin mushrooms, ayahuasca, Amanita muscaria mushrooms, I work with salvia divinorum, rape, and tobacco. But uh, part of those traditions, there's a lot of other plants that are uh, not as big of a focus in the tradition, but they're still an important part of it. Like in the ayahuasca tradition, there's hundreds of traditional plants they use as part of that tradition. Uh, so I haven't worked with all of those, of course, but you know, a, a lot of plants come into the mix here and there. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people will know most of the things that you just listed off. Just yeah. for clarification's sake, uh, what is Amanita muscaria and what is rape? Yeah, so the Amanita muscaria is a mushroom you can find pretty much all over the world. It grows on every continent except for Antarctica. And it's legal in most places of the world too, which is pretty cool. But it's another type of mushroom. It's the red and white mushroom. People call it the Mario mushroom. And while its picture is very, very popular and people would recognize it instantly just by the look, it's very uncommon for people to have any personal experience or even accurate information about this mushroom. Um, even though it grows everywhere, it's not super popular for human consumption. It's actually very nice for human consumption, though. Mm. <laughs> uh, the rape is probably the plant medicine I work with the most often for myself. And it's mostly made from tobacco and also tree ash. Sometimes they'll add some other flowers or herbs in there. But it's uh, especially a powerful way to connect with tobacco, which is one of the main plants that I work with. And so just to sort of describe the application of rape, because I, I, maybe, maybe that's a really good yeah, place to yeah. start. Yeah, you know, sure. A powdered, a powdered substance that's uh, either blown up into your own nose or someone else blows it into your nose. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Traditionally, you have a blowpipe, and it's especially nice to have two people serve each other. So one person blows it into the other person's nose, and then they switch and do it the other way. Um I never wanted to put anything into my nose before I tried it, but my friend convinced me, and as soon as I tried it, I was like, I, I knew it was instantly going to be a big part of my practice after that. Cause love at first sight. <laughs> what, 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 tell me about that experience. What, what was it? 
Well, it was actually uh, the day after an ayahuasca ceremony, and me and my friend had both attended the ceremony, so the next day we got together and we're like, Let, let's just meet up and, and have dinner together and, and just keep hanging out a little bit. And so he came over and he's like, hey, I brought some rape. Do you, do you want to try it? And I was like, I, I have no interest at all. And he's like, it's really nice after ayahuasca though, dude. You got to try it. And he was so into it. I was like, I'll, I'll try it once. How about that? I'll try it once. Was not expecting to like it because I heard it burns. I heard it can make you puke or other things like that and as soon as he blew it into my nose I didn't even like sit it was I instantly felt it I was like where did you get this Mm. you you need to hook me up dude (laughs) um it's not like uh you get like high or something it's just centers you so it's instantly your mental chatter quiets and you're just very present in your body in the space you're sitting in the moment and it's just very effective. <laughs> what one application of rape that I've heard uh, is from a guy named Troy Casey. He's uh, okay. goes by the certified health nut. Um, fascinating guy, all about um, um, the use of plants for health and vitality. You know, yeah. green drinks okay. and, and all sorts of cool things. And and what he was talking about was that he believes that his use of rape helped him deal with like a toxic mold. Mm. that he had in his body yeah uh, and and i thought well that's fairly interesting that that the he was talking about how the rape sort of dried him out and that sort of mold that he had in his system was helped by rape do you have any insight on that not specifically on mold but i've seen rape do amazing things you wouldn't expect uh the most dramatic example i could think of was i was hosting a san pedro ceremony down in peru at my teacher's house and one of the participants saw me serve myself rape. And she came over and was like, wow, that looked nice. Can I try some? And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll serve it to you. And I, she already knew what it was. Maybe she had tried it before, so I didn't have to explain too much to her. We just kind of got in the moment, and I served her. And right after I blew in her nose, she ran away into the bathroom. And I was like, oh, maybe she's puking or something. I don't, I don't know. She comes back out, and she told me she just pooped out parasites. Wow. And she had been having digestive problems for a couple of years, and doctors could not figure it out. Apparently, it's pretty hard to test for these types of parasites. But she said there was a big one in a bunch of babies. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, when they say something's like a purgative and it cleanses you, like, you can be surprised sometimes where it's going to go. You can work with a plant medicine a hundred times, and then the hundred and first time, it'll do something completely different levels beyond anything you've experienced and just... Completely surprise you. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, she wouldn't have any reason to like like <laughs> make that up, right? Like No, no, not at this was like like somebody I'd known for a couple of years and we didn't hang out all the time, but we were friends. You uh-huh. know? Like No, th- there was no reason for her to make that up. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> oh, we had never talked about Rape helping people get rid of parasites or anything <laughs> like that either. I would have never guessed, honestly. Wow. So, um, uh, we're going to go back to terms again. Um, uh, What is San Pedro? San Pedro is a cactus. It has mescaline in it, so a lot of people compare it to peyote. But uh, it's a little different than peyote. It's from Peru, Ecuador, and Bolivia originally, but it's so beautiful and easy to grow that a lot of people have planted it other places. So, it's popular. Like, uh, if you walk around California, Arizona, New Mexico, deserty places like that, you'll just see it growing in people's gardens. Most of them probably don't even know that it's psychoactive at all. I've seen it in Home Depot, Walmart. I bought a little $6 one from Trader Joe's one time. Um, it's a pretty nice cactus. But uh, 
They have evidence 4,000 years old of people using San Pedro in ceremonies for healing. And um, it was the first medicine I learned how to offer other people. So it's, it's really close to my heart. Oh. Uh, changed my life in a lot of ways working with it. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've heard San Pedro is a masculine energy. I mean, it's basically just a giant green phallus, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, one of its nicknames is Pene de Dios, the penis of God. <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so walk us through a little bit about your, your journey, your history into, you know, your sort of genesis of, of how you became... Uh, someone who works with these compounds and helps people with these with these plants. Yeah, it uh, started about 15 years ago for me. I was 20 years old in Costa Rica, and I got caught in an undertow while I was surfing and was drowning and basically got to the point where I just accepted I was going to die right there. There was nothing I could do to get out of the water, and there was nobody even close by to save me or anything like that. So I was just like, oh. There's nothing I could do about this. I'm going to die. And as soon as I accepted it, I had this overwhelming sense of peace and left my body and had these visions, quite a few visions, that were very personal and meaningful, but also very spiritual. And I was an atheist at the time. So uh, at the end of these visions, when I came back to my body, it felt like somebody was carrying me out of the water, but nobody was around. Just all of a sudden, I was floating straight up to the top without trying. And it felt like I had hands under my armpits lifting me up. And I broke the surface, got back to land, and my friend I was traveling with ran up and was like, hey, how's it going? Where were you? I've been looking all over for you. Apparently, I was gone for a while, and I didn't even tell him what happened. I just said I was surfing because I was an atheist, and I was not about to admit what had just happened to me, even to myself. So for about two months, I just tried to pretend like that whole experience didn't happen until I tried mushrooms for the first time. And they took me out of my body right back to where I was when I was drowning in the ocean. And... That's when I finally admitted to myself that I was incredibly depressed and that there was a side of reality I knew nothing about. And I didn't feel like I could keep living my life without knowing anything about that side of reality, the spiritual side, because uh, I just felt like too much ignorance to make any good decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I also wanted to see if this would help with my depression. I hadn't heard of that before, but just, it was, you know, I ate the mushrooms and they were teaching me about my depression and nothing else was doing that. Nothing else made me even admit that to myself before. So I started doing a lot of psychedelics to see if they would help and they were helping quite a bit. So probably after a year of a lot of self-experimentation was when I realized I wanted to offer this to other people. It was about seven or eight years before I actually did. Hmm. Um, I did a lot of personal healing work and then I started going to Peru and after a couple years trying to learn in Peru and study with my teachers there uh, I finally felt ready to start guiding one-on-one journeys with San Pedro so I was guiding just one person at a time give them all my focus and attention did that for a year then the second year I would do like up to two or three people at a time and then it just became over time, you know, you get practice and experience, and it just became my life. Hmm. Um, and it's, you know, when I think of who I am and the most important things in my life, I think of my kids and I think of my work because my work is also my spiritual practice and my medicine all wrapped into one. And uh, I, I just really love it and appreciate it. You hmm. know, it's changed every part of my life. 
take take me through the you know when you said that your exploration into psychedelics were helping with with your depression yeah. can you can you sort of unpack that a little bit and explain what you mean by that yeah so um now i only work with plant medicines and only in ceremonies but back then i didn't know anything about ceremonies or spirits or difference between plant medicines and chemicals so at the time i just worked with whatever psychedelics i could find um but especially a lot of like mushrooms and LSD and MDMA. And they really helped me confront myself. I think I just didn't know myself that deeply back then because I was so confused with what everyone else was telling me to be. And I've always been kind of different. Like uh, I usually want different things than other people. And even if they want the same thing as me, usually my motivations for it are different. So it was just hard to find my path in life as a young person. And... I didn't realize how much it was bugging me back then, but I wasn't contributing to the world around me. And I think that's a horrible burden for young men, especially to feel like they're not contributing. You might not think of it that way, but that's, you know, if you have the types of thoughts in your head, like, oh, I'm worthless or I'm not good enough. It's probably because you don't feel like you're contributing. So the plant medicines kind of sh like showed me which of my friends were not healthy to have around me, were holding me back. They kind of showed me what dreams am I not chasing that just my heart is crying out for. And what am I doing all the time that is just, you know, keep, keeping me in my sadness. Mm -hmm. it, it just showed me my habits and my patterns and my thoughts and my relationships in a new perspective that... Once I was able to see it that way, I realized what I needed to do. It, it was very clear once I could see it. But um, it took some years and a lot of doing. It's always a constant work in progress, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... that's <clears throat> What an important awareness, you know, to, to, to come into an understanding that you want to want to be of value to the world. You want to provide. You want to be able to... To, to help and contribute and to find that path through something as integrated and, and, and transcendent as, as psychedelics can be. Yeah, and, and I don't know if everybody needs this, but I'm the type of person that needs to have a dream to chase. I need to have something that I'm chasing a little bit or uh, trying to create. And I think back then it was just floating along and light, like just floating through life, wherever life takes me. And... It's okay for a period here or there, but it was not the right way to just make all my life decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so in your in your training, in your experience with your teachers uh, that that empowered that path, to, to walk us through a little bit about what that's like having having teachers in Peru. What are, what are they teaching you? How are they teaching you? Yeah. So there's different kinds of teachers. Um, early on, a lot of my teachers, they basically teach you the practice, but then you have to get the deeper teachings through the practice. So they didn't really tell you what to believe or tell you like how to heal yourself or how to heal other people. They would just say, you're going to work with this plant and you're going to be isolated in nature and you're going to avoid some certain specific foods for a little while. They gave me some restrictions and guidelines like that, but it was really up to me to have the personal experiences. Um, and, and some of those teachers were even along the mindset of, if you can't figure it out between you and the spirits, 
you're, you're not supposed to be hosting this type of work. Hmm. You know, maybe come for healing, but you're, you're not going to be a practitioner. And then I had some other teachers that were a little bit more hands-on and a little bit more helpful and wanted to talk to you a little bit more. And actually, I, I resonated with those teachers a little bit more in the end. I, I saw some wisdom to both paths, but, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, the first type that just wants you to figure it out, they grew up in it. And so it's a little different coming from our Western culture. Like when I started experiencing shamanism, I hadn't heard of it before. I had never heard about ceremonies or like uh, people working with spirits like that. And if I had, I probably just thought it was hokey pokey, like people making stuff up. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm lucky I found some really good teachers, especially the first time I went to Peru, I met this lady, Leslie Myberg, who I consider my main inspiration for how I do my ceremonies. And she's one of my closest friends and definitely my closest teacher. And you know, the type of support that she gave me, I, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing now if, if she hadn't been brought into my life. Yeah, that's nice. I want to go back to the sort of process that any one person, well, let's go back to definitions. Okay. Uh, what is combo? Oh yeah, combo. It's a frog medicine from the Amazon. Traditionally, it's used different than what we're using it now for because uh, they had their own way of doing medicine and they also didn't have the same problems as us. So as combo has spread out of the Amazon, we're finding it's effective for treating all these different issues that either people in the Amazon just didn't have to deal with as much or that they had other options or ways to treat it. Um for me, it's actually the medicine I see the most dramatic night and day differences in people from like a single experience. Like people can do combo treatment. The treatment itself can maybe be as short as 20 minutes. Hmm. And within hours of finishing their treatment, it can be like they're a different person. The, the first time I did it, felt like I had been sick my entire life and I finally felt what I was supposed to feel like without carrying this illness around. Just all of a sudden I was light, had focus, energy, motivation, and just this boundless like joy and compassion in my heart. Um, you know, I didn't come to it because I was sick. I came to it because I felt a calling to just see what was there. And it was probably the most dramatic shift I had in a single ceremony for myself as well. But even just as a practitioner now, seeing how it affects other people, it, it can be pretty amazing. Can you walk us through the, the actual ceremony? Yeah, so it's a pretty strange ceremony if you haven't heard of stuff like this before. You start by burning yourself. You burn some spots on your skin, usually with a stick or an incense. Uh, I use incense. It's a little bit smaller so you can get a more exact measurement. But uh, yeah, you burn just top layer of skin, and then you put the combo, the secretion from this frog skin, on the burnt part of your skin. So because you burnt off layer of skin, your lymphatic system is exposed there and you can absorb the combo into your lymphatic system, into your bloodstream. And once it reaches your heart, it goes to the rest of your body. It can cross the blood-brain barrier instantly, which uh, is one of the reasons a lot of pharmaceutical companies are trying to research combo right now. But um, yeah, it takes hold almost instantly. Like within five minutes, you'll probably reach the peak 
and the peak lasts about five to ten minutes and then there's a little milding period afterwards you can get very dizzy woozy sick it's not like a visionary medicine like most of the other stuff i work with like mushrooms or san pedro it's i I consider it more of a detox but a physical and spiritual and emotional and energetic detox all at the same time Um, so i've seen people do it and just like sob they don't feel anything else just all these emotions come up and they just sob I've seen people do it and all their anger comes up and they scream. I've seen people do it and they just sit there and can't tell anything's happening. But then they'll tell you afterwards all this stuff they experienced. But it's not always about um, insights with that medicine. It's just kind of like it changes stuff. Hmm. So for someone who's having sort of a mild, whatever that means, a mild response, Mm -hmm. are they thinking about their life are they thinking about their body are they getting stuff lifted from them like what what's the range of of experiences that someone might be going through it can go anywhere but i think for most people they're going to be more focused on their body and the sensations in their body when they're doing combo it's very physical and i would also say energetic And what I mean by energetic is it feels like there's rushes of energy moving through your body, like from your shoulders down to your hands, from your head down to your feet, just circling through your head in spirals. Um, You can feel these sensations that it's hard to describe as anything else besides energy moving. Um, But very physical, like tingling in your body, getting lightheaded and sick and dizzy and woozy, and especially... uh, You know, I usually tell people, if you don't know what to focus on, just focus on staying present during the experience. Just focus on what you're experiencing and try to be right where you are, not thinking about life back at home or what you're doing tomorrow or later today or the day before. Just try to be right here while you're experiencing it. Um, But it's definitely, you know, the other medicines I work with, the experience is a big part of the process with combo the experience can be a part of the process, but mostly you just kind of got to get through it to the other side and, mm. and you'll probably get most of the benefits. Is it uh, is it typically challenging for a lot of people? For a lot of people, yes. Physically? Yeah, and especially um, in the combo community, there seems to be an urge for people to like impress you with how big the experience can be. So I actually think a lot of practitioners give people more combo than they actually need. Um. I was always taught, like, whenever you do combo, you want to, like, make yourself puke. And there's definitely some benefit to releasing that way in the ceremony. But I remember one time I was really sick. And I wanted to use combo to help, you know, it kills bacteria and viruses. So anytime I've gotten a cold since I started offering combo to people, if I give myself combo, the cold's gone by the end of my combo treatment. Wow. But I remember one time I was really sick and I just didn't feel up to going through the ordeal of combo. And so I'm like, I'm just going to do a little bit today and see what happens. And so I did like half or a third of what I would normally do. And it was this very mild, easy to process experience. And I felt amazing afterwards. And that's, you know, when I started to realize it doesn't need to be a big experience all the time. Bigger experience, you might have better chances of ensuring you got the benefits. But if you can do a small treatment and still get the benefits, that's okay. Hmm. You, you can just stick to that. Not everything has to be an ordeal. You don't always have to suffer to heal. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's yeah. That's that's a key takeaway. You don't always have to suffer to heal. So now we're kind of getting into a little bit of the 
the sort of chemical response, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you say that that uh, pharmaceutical companies are looking at combo, when, yeah. you, when you say, you know, that it clears up colds, um, what do you know about the properties? Is it antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial kind of a thing? All or? of those. Yeah. Uh, it has over 20 different active peptides. Sadly, there's no studies I know of that are actually studying can just combo treatments help people. They're all trying to isolate peptides so they can patent medicines out of it for pharmaceutical companies. Um, so it's the studies are very like profit-driven, um, which if they make good medicines out of it, then I'm, I'm happy to that that would happen. But you know, it'd be amazing to have some actual studies on combo because the stuff it can do is simply amazing. Like I had a guy come out, he had psoriasis all over his body. He's been dealing with it for at least a decade. Tons of doctors, specialists tried all of the conventional treatments, all the natural treatments. Nothing really helped that much. He said the thing that helped the most before combo was essential oils actually was better than anything the doctors did for him. Was he taking those orally or diffusing? or? I, th- I think topically, but maybe orally as well. Hmm. Um, but then we did the combo treatment and he had a huge reduction in the rash from the psoriasis. And we ended up, I want to say we did like five or six treatments over a year, which ideally, if we were trying to get to the bottom of it, we could have done them closer together. But I would say after, you know, around six treatments, the psoriasis that was all over his body, like every part of his body was at least 80 or 90% gone. Wow. And that was after years of trying other treatments without success. Um, and the only treatment he was doing alongside the combo, like once he start, started the combo and saw how effective it was, he kept up with the essential oils, but stopped all the other stuff Huh? because none of the other stuff was helping him. So, wow. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. What, uh, give us another combo combo story. What, how else has it helped people? Um, I had a guy come out recently. You've probably heard of the persistent symptoms. Some people experience after having COVID. Uh, yeah, so I had a guy come out, you know, he, he tested positive for COVID and he got pretty sick, right? Like, like not, he didn't have to go to the hospital. wasn't like in danger, but you know, he definitely had like a good cold. He he was definitely sick. Everyone else in his family, nothing at all. Totally fine. But months later he was still sick. He just never got better. And he was testing negative at this point, but still had all the same symptoms. And none of them would go away at all. He was deathly scared of combo. Had no interest in it. Did not want to try it. He knew about it because he had sat in a plant ceremony with me before and heard about it. But, um, you know, he was talking to me and asking me what I could do to help. And I was like, I think combo would be the best bet. And he was like, I'm going to try everything else, but I'll keep it in mind. (laughs) And so he saw a bunch of doctors. He saw some different natural medicine practitioners like acupuncture and different stuff and nothing was really helping him. So he finally was like, okay, it's been like three months. I've been super sick. Like I can't stand this anymore. Like he's no energy fatigued all the time, all these other problems. So he finally came out to do combo. And I remember he had a really mild treatment. He was so scared. I kind of wanted to ease him in and it was not uncomfortable for him. Like maybe the burns are a little uncomfortable, kind of like getting a shot, but, uh, you know, he just felt tingly during the experience. And he felt the same as when he came in when he left. 
and he had a treatment plan for the next week, the next weekend. And he calls me the next day and says, hey, I think we can cancel that next treatment because I'm 100% better. <laughs> what? He, just, he did combo, went home, went to bed, and when he woke up, he was better. Wow. And that was after, I'm pretty sure it was about three months of just the lingering, persistent symptoms that were not easing up at all. Um, so with combo, it's, it, it just all these stories like that, like people, chronic back pain for years, sometimes in a single treatment. Oh, yeah, my back pain's gone. Haven't had back pain in six months now. Um, I've had people like chronic depression for years tell me it's gone for months after a single treatment. Um, I don't know if it can like permanently get rid of depression, but definitely can give you some lasting relief. <laughs> wow. You know, I'm reminded of uh, an episode that I did a couple of years ago uh, with uh, a fellow you know, Dr. Joe Tafour, mm-hmm. talking about um, emotional uh, emotion, the, the, the combination of, of medical issues with emotional issues and how oftentimes the, the medical issues that we endure from this, that, or the other thing are always accompanied by emotional damage, yeah. which you could probably go out on a limb and say is a spiritual issue as well. You know, I, 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 there's even a lot of conventional research supporting the idea, like, our minds and our bodies are connected. You can't really separate them. Like we think of our bodies as these separate systems, like nervous system, circulatory. They all work together. Yeah. They're, they're nothing but on their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so if for someone who is, who had COVID and is dealing with long COVID symptoms mm-hmm. there, that's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emotional baggage that goes along with that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know why he was having the persistent symptoms, but I noticed some of the stuff seemed a little similar to like chronic Lyme disease that some people have or uh, like chronic fatigue syndrome and some of these issues that people think are like autoimmune type issues. And I have especially, those respond pretty well to plant medicines, but especially to combo. Um, if people ask me like what's combo really, really good for, I would say like bacteria and viruses and autoimmune or like just other immune system issues, especially. Mm. Um yeah, just just amazing for stuff like that. Wow, this is this is so good. This is the real this is the real juice <laughs> of what I wanted to talk with you today cool. about because we need better options. We, yeah, we need a we need to you know most people I think know that pharmaceutical drugs come from plant extracts, mostly isolated from you know plants in the jungle. And I've read before that 60% of our pharmaceuticals come from just Amazonian plants. Huh. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. right? You know, uh, and it, that's not even including the ones originally derived from other plants elsewhere. Right. Uh, right. So, so in this case, you know, toad, toad venom scraped <laughs> off of the back is, is not exactly like a plant extract, but, yeah. but the, the point for me is when we go upstream from the options that we have now they point to you know the birch bark that makes aspirin or you know x plant that makes this 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 drug that that helps treat but what i am what i'm trying to you know uh purport and trying to show people is that these these meta you know uh, chinese traditional chinese herbalism you know um amazonian um, um, curanderos and ayahuascaros and tapagueros, they all have these, these plants that they use. And it's like, well, yes, they work. They work for all of these things. And so to know that someone 
who's been dealing with these symptoms of long COVID or psoriasis is like, well, let's just try something that's, that's, a, that's way further upstream from anything that you can take now. It's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and of course, uh, some of these plants have had research published on them and, oh, the same thing that the indigenous people are using it for. We found these chemicals in the plant that actually help with that. And it's funny because sometimes we try to make medicines out of those chemicals and the medicine we make has these extra side effects and isn't as effective. And we might not even understand how, like, oh, we thought we were making it better. How do we get to this other product and why are we using this other product? It's cheaper to use the plant. The plant is super sustainable, like practically free. Yeah. Anybody could access it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of concocted in a lab with, with in a sterilized environment, it's growing underneath a tree, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, I want to go back to, I want to go back to Rape now because it's, I've seen it become increasingly popular in the sort of biohacking community. Okay. Um, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, I think Ben Greenfield at least has mentioned it or, or, you know, talks about it. Uh, what, what do we know? What do we know about tobacco? What do we know? And then what can we extrapolate about rape and the fact that you're blowing this tobacco ash dust up into both of your nostrils? Yeah. What, what do we know about the chemical compounds of it and, and how, it may, how it may help? So the, the most notable plant in the rape that's generally in almost every single rape is, is tobacco. It's Amazonian tobacco, so it's a lot stronger than the species of tobacco that's normally sold in stores around most of the world. It's actually a completely different species of tobacco, so it actually has 10 or 20 times more nicotine in it, a lot stronger. Supposedly, uh, nicotine's a really harmful part, right? <laughs> but it's interesting because I, I met these shamans down in the jungle that specialize in tobacco. They're like 70 years old, and they ingest amounts of this super strong tobacco that should kill a person on the spot. Should be a lethal amount of nicotine. And how do they and ingest it? They'll smoke it, drink it, snort it, rub it on their skin in every single way. And they'll ingest amounts like that multiple times a day, every single day. And they are insanely healthy. Hmm. Super old, super healthy. Using tobacco all the time. And then they heal all these random illnesses with tobacco as part of the healing. It's not like they give tobacco to somebody and the person's just healed by tobacco. There's a whole ceremony around it. They sing to the person. They do some other types of energy work. You know, it's it's part of their healing system to them, not just the complete healing system in itself. But uh, it, it's definitely confusing coming from our culture where tobacco is one of the biggest killers in the world. And then going to see these people that heal illnesses with it and consume it all the time without issues, even though it's way stronger. And if you ask them why, some of them will tell you, oh, maybe because we don't put like tar and weird chemicals in our tobacco, because what is there, like hundreds of chemicals in the cigarettes that most people buy? But the main reason I hear them talk about is because of what you're thinking about when you work with tobacco. So to them, everything's connected. Our thoughts, the spirits, the physical world, everything's part of the same whole. They're not really separate. So to them, tobacco magnifies your prayers and intentions. And it magnifies all 
and any of your prayers and intentions. So that's why it's so important to them, because you could have any prayer or intention for healing any problem or working on any problem that you have. But you also need to respect it and be very careful. So my teachers always tell me when you work with tobacco, be conscious of what you're focusing on. You know, it's, it's okay to focus on like your sadness to work through it. But if you're wallowing in it or if you're pointing it at other people when you work with tobacco, that's when it's dangerous. Mm. So then you imagine somebody up here in the States on their smoke break and they're smoking tobacco and all they're thinking about is how much they hate their job and their boss and that annoying customer. And that's the intention and thoughts that they're magnifying and putting into their body. Like basically they're praying how much they hate somebody mm. and that's their prayer without them realizing that they're praying in that moment because they're working with tobacco. Wow. Um, so when people want to work with tobacco, I feel like it's a really accessible plant to work with, but you always got to be respectful. Like I try to be open-minded that there's a lot of different traditions and ways to work with things. Like you go to the jungle, there's at least a hundred different ayahuasca traditions and mm. some of them are very different. One of them will tell you weed is a horrible plant and the other one will smoke weed in ceremony huh. as part of the ceremony. So you can get people down there with almost opposite beliefs about some things, but then there's a few areas that they always agree on. And a lot of that's the importance of uh, your thoughts and what you decide to do with your energy. So given, given what you've laid out about some of these, some of these compounds, some of these substances – how how can this help people now you know if you can't make it to peru yeah uh, to go do this work what what role might because you can go online you can buy rape you can go online you can buy combo obviously be smart of yeah. course but but what what do you think is the opportunity for for actual healing with these with these compounds in in, in our modern world yeah, so there's some I think are better for working at home by yourself. I wouldn't recommend combo to somebody to do on their own. As a trained practitioner, sometimes I do it to myself, and it's a little nerve-wracking doing it on your own because you can pass out. Hmm. Like, um, Even when you're doing a small treatment, you never know how strong it's going to be. I did one of the smallest treatments I've ever done, my last combo treatment. It was one of the strongest experiences I've ever had with combo. Hmm. Um yeah, so I wouldn't recommend that one for doing on your own at home. Or like, I don't work with Iboga, but I, I wouldn't recommend that one to work with on right. your own at home. Like, there's a couple that you want to do in a safe setting, hopefully with somebody that has a lot of experience and training. But there's some that are easier to work with at home. Rape is definitely one of them. A lot of the visionary plants you can work with at home. It's not the same as going to a ceremony. Um, tell, tell me why. Well, like... Uh, I've gone to ceremonies where I didn't take any medicine and I was having full-blown visions. I, I didn't take any psychedelic. I'm having visions like I took a huge dose of psychedelics just because I'm hearing their songs. They're, they're just singing and I'm in the space and I'm having visions. I've also seen shamans heal people just by singing to them. Nobody took any plants. So in the ceremony, there's going to be a lot more going on besides just the psychedelic you took. The psychedelic is one part of the ceremony, but there's a lot more to the ceremony. So at home, you, you'll miss out on that other part, you know. Um, 
but you can still get a lot from the plants. Like when I first started self-experimenting, I will also say I had some bad experiences that were a little traumatic. It's not, you know, 100% risk-free to do this at home by yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I couldn't afford to travel anywhere. I didn't know any local people offering this in a good way. So it was either don't do it or do it by yourself. Hmm. And I was really depressed, so I did it by myself. And in the end, it did help me a lot. And I was pretty lucky, but after going through that experience, not having access to ceremonies, I've always wanted to help other people that have to go through the same ordeals I've had to go through. So uh, I actually wrote two books that actually teach you how to do plant medicines on your own at home in a safer, more effective way, based on what I learned doing ceremonies in Peru. Um, So if people want to do ceremonies on their own, I would definitely recommend check out my books on my website and my YouTube channel. I have videos like one of my videos and one of my articles is how to do rape ceremonies on your own at home. Um, So I I would look up those before you order some rape and then order some rape online and work with it. And can I ask another question there? Yeah, yeah. How can how can we find reputable sources for for rape? Yeah. Um, I think on my website I mentioned a couple websites I've ordered it from. I like to buy mine in Peru when I'm down there now. But you know what? Every website I've ordered from, I've never gotten like a bad product. Like that rape is bad for you. More, it's uh, sometimes you get really strong rape and sometimes you get mild rape. And if you get very experienced, you're probably going to want the strongest rapes you can find. So for me, I, I like if I go to a website and I'm going to order rapes, I look for the ones that sound really intense. If they have warnings and disclaimers on certain ones, those are the ones I go for. Like, <laughs> this one is especially intense. will make you puke. Make sure you're sitting down when you do it. I'm like, I want that rape. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can always do a smaller dose, but... You can only fit so much rape in your nose at once. So mm-hmm. if you get a really mild one, it can just be very uh, underwhelming or a little disappointing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, definitely an important part of the rape experience is the initial impact sensation. Because if that sensation is very mild, it doesn't always help me center as much as I want. But if I have a very intense impact sensation when I first blow it into my nose, it usually just fully focuses me, me right into that sensation. And so then everything else quiets down and I can, from that focus place, do what I got to do. Yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, kind of like the, the smoke break, uh, example, you know, if, (laughs) if you're working with tobacco and you're talking smack about your coworkers while you're smoking with the other folks who are doing the same thing, that's kind of a ceremony, right? Yeah, so even if I, I do rape, if my thoughts start to wander and I start thinking negatively about somebody that angered me earlier that day or something like that, I try to catch myself and I immediately try to think something positive about them instead. I don't just try to cut out the negative thoughts. I try to think something positive about them first and then cut out the negative mm. thoughts. Uh, try to end it on a positive note. And I'm like, you know, if I need to like work through some negativity about them, if I can't do it in a good way with the rape, I'll do it later. But in the rape, I want to, you know, when I'm working with tobacco, I want to make sure that I think good thoughts towards other people. I don't want to, you know, send any negativity their way or even just put that negativity in my own body. Yeah, well, because like you said, it's an amplifier, right? So so if you want to 
you know, make your dreams come true. Um, you know, spread love and peace and harmony, you know, in the world. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And if, and if you're not careful and you slip into, um, a negative headspace, then this thing that you're ingesting that, that amplifies that negative thought, you have to be really careful with it. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what, what else do we know? I'm interested, I'm interested in the, in the different ingredients in, mm-hmm. in rape. You know, obviously we have all these nose you know open vessels you know in our nose so anytime anything goes intranasally it's yeah. gonna it's gonna impact really quickly yeah. um why do they use the tree ash they use different trees but the ash is alkaline it's, it's it's an alkaline so it strengthens the tobacco and makes it stronger but the different trees have different properties too so like one of the popular tree ashes to use is from the sunu tree there's different names for this tree, but a lot of people call it Sunu. Um, and that tree from the teachings, I, I've heard, uh, like some tribes consider it the tree of life, but it's a tree that has really positive, kind of enlightened energy, um, like very heavenly energy. So it's really good for deep meditation, getting guidance and wisdom, really centering yourself. It, it's still cleansing, but not as like deeply cleansing or purgative as like, Another rape I, I use often is called kumaru, um, and that one feels very cleansing and purgative, like when I work with it. Um, you know, when you start getting used to working with ceremonies, you, you become more aware of how your body feels, and so for me, it just feels like a heaviness in my stomach usually is when I have like heavy energy that I need to let go of, so when my stomach's really heavy, I go for kumaru. But when I want like more deep focus and meditation, I'll work with a sunu rape. Hmm. Uh, so definitely, some of the trees have cultural significance or just their own energetic or spiritual significance. Hmm. Interesting. I always think about. You know, this is silly, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Yeah. I always think about like, you know, how they find these things, right? Who's the first <laughs> yeah. guy or gal in the tribe to like powder up this? you know, this tobacco <laughs> and scrape some of this tree ash and then blow it up their nose or blow it up their buddy's nose. You know, it's like, I just, this, it's so comical to think. And, and, and I especially find it comical thinking about combo. Like who's going to burn themselves and rug this, rub this frog secretion on the bird. <laughs> Who did that? Who was the first <laughs> tribes person to do that? Right. They have stories. Do they? But yeah. There's stories. Um, I don't know the story of Rape. I've heard the story of like how they like. Uh, I've heard a few different stories of how tribes discovered ayahuasca. The story differs tribe to tribe. I've heard stories of how the Hunikuan discovered combo, which um, generally they they say like the plants told us or the spirits told us. But there's more specifics or details to each story. Mm. Um, so in the case of combo, this guy his name was Kompu. He was a Hunikuan shaman. And supposedly his tribe was really sick with some illness that he didn't know how to treat. It was a new illness or just, you know, he didn't know how to treat for whatever reason. So he drank ayahuasca and I asked ayahuasca, how do I treat this? And he said ayahuasca showed him the frog and how to harvest it and do applications. And then it worked and it helped people. And so they say when he died, his spirit became the spirit of the frog. (laughs) So that's why it's named after him. Ah. Um, the Huni Kuan are often considered the tribe that knows the most about combo. But um, 
I, I've also like I, I like this story of how the Shapivo discovered ayahuasca. It was like uh, a lady had a dream, showed her how to gather this tobacco plant and cure it and dry it and process it for consumption. And I think in the story she drinks it and has a vision of how to prepare and harvest ayahuasca. And supposedly, so she learned how to make ayahuasca from tobacco and learned how to make tobacco from her dream. I've heard other stories that like these spirits came down from different heavenly realms or were living in the deep jungle and they taught people how to make it. Um, there, there's kind of some interesting stories. Yeah. You, most people are trying to wrap their brain around <laughs> drinking uh, the tobacco. How, how, does that, how does that work? Yeah. Um, I've only drank small amounts of it. It was mixed in with another plant during a process I was called I was doing called sama or dieta. Um, so to me, it, I actually the flavor's not horrible. Um, it started tasting worse after drinking it a bunch of days in a row, but <laughs> it's kind of like peppery and warm. Like especially in my belly, it feels like a slightly nauseating but also very comforting warmth. Hmm. Um, so it's funny when I drink it, I might feel slightly nauseous. But it also feels like pretty nice, hmm. um, which some of these plants, it's interesting how you can feel so many conflicting emotions at once. Sometimes you can feel like the best and worst you've ever felt at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know that there's the, um, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the tobacco juice that you snort up your nose too, or that you have? Yeah. Um, so it's the same. You make it the same, same way stuff. for drinking or snorting it. Is it nicotina rustica? It's the same tobacco that they use in, in the jungle. Um, the the name I heard for snorting it is called Rapote. Rapote. But there's probably a bunch of names for it. I actually really like the Rapote. A lot of people don't like it or are kind of scared of it. I was scared to try it before my first time because what I heard sounded very not fun. Mm-hmm. For me, it's similar to Rapé in some ways, but I felt... Like, the liquid was deeper and stronger. The rape is definitely a lot cleaner and uh, more convenient. The The liquid tobacco is a little messy sometimes to try and get into your nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and definitely, uh, I would say, more purgative. Um, especially if you snort it a little too hard, you'll swallow it. <laughs> yeah. So you can, yeah. We're now in Travis's pharmacopoeia. Uh <laughs> We, we haven't talked about salvia yet. Okay. Uh, tell us about tell us about why someone might might be interested in salvia. Yeah, so it's funny. A lot, a lot of the medicines we're talking about today are medicines I did not want to try at first. I didn't want to try combo. I did not want to try salvia. I did not want to try rape. All of them sounded not cool to me. And then all of a sudden there would be a situation or something would shift it. And as soon as I was like, oh, I think it's time for me to work with that, it would just come into my life. Like, mm. like uh, I heard about combo for years before I ever tried it. But when I decided, oh, it's time for me to do combo, I met my teacher like three days later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you were asking about salvia. So I had worked with it when I was young. Before my near-death experience and getting into psychedelics, I tried it for fun with my friends and I totally freaked out and jumped off a three-story balcony barefoot and went running through the street. I'm glad I didn't get hurt. I did not want to try it again after that. 
most people in our culture, if they work with it, they smoke it. Traditionally, salvia only comes from the gardens of these Mazatec shamans. It's not a plant found anywhere in nature. And the Mazatecs say one of the most offensive things you can do to the spirit of this plant is burn her. Mm. She doesn't like bright lights, flashy, fast movements, things like that. doesn't like to be burned. And so they say if you burn her, she will try to scare you away. So maybe that's what was happening because hmm. it was a very scary experience. So then I started hearing the difference between chewing it and smoking it, and chewing it sounded very nice. Chewing it lasts a lot longer. When you smoke it, it's like five minutes, super intense. Usually, like, it's hard to get any insights because you can't even understand the experience at all. Chewing it lasts about an hour. And it can be very deep, but it's not as intense or in your face. It's, a, it's for me, a lot more gentle. And a lot easier to understand. Um, so I was reading about chewing it and how it was different, and I was suddenly becoming interested, especially because this is also a legal medicine that you can order online. Most countries, very easy to access. So I decided to just order a big bag of dried leaves and start chewing it. And after I did a couple ceremonies with it, me and my wife decided to do a dieta with it, like a Peruvian-style dieta of a master plant, but doing it with salvia. So every day we would do a salvia ceremony as part of our diet and then keep the dieta restrictions you would normally keep. To this day, one of my deepest diets. I also did it on my own. Usually it's easier to go deep with a teacher. Um, but this plant, we, we had a good personal connection with. Hmm. Um, I would say in some ways it's harder to heal with than other plants. It's a little harder to understand compared to like San Pedro or mushrooms um, it's out of all the plants I've worked with, probably the most mysterious hmm. and, and hard to like put my finger on and describe to others. Like I can describe most of the plant medicines I work with, but Salvia divinorum and Amanita muscaria are the two that I have trouble describing, even though I feel a strong personal connection with them. So Salvia, I think a lot of people that work with it either want something exotic or something legal has been my experience of why people ask for that plant compared to other ones. Um, I think there's a lot of untapped potential there. And whenever I talk about salvia, I feel guilty. Like I, I could be doing a lot more with this plant hmm. and it's legal. And like, I should be doing a lot more with it. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, just so much untapped potential, I think. So what? So walk us through. I know you just told yeah. me that it's hard to describe, but yeah. walk, walk me through what that hour is like. So I'll, I'll maybe describe my experience and my wife's experience because they're both very different. So when I work with salvia and I chew it, um, it feels like – so one thing that's interesting when you chew it, you have to sit very still and very quiet. If you move or make too much sound, you'll just pull yourself out of the experience and feel like sober. But if you sit totally still and quiet, you go deeper and deeper into, I just call it the salvia space. And so, so there's definitely some technique to working with it when you chew it. Even like getting it to absorb well in your mouth, there's a little bit of technique to it. But I, I usually experience like, I feel like I'm floating without my body in just this comfortable space. And I don't usually have conversations with plants, but this plant I have conversations with. If I don't ask it questions, it doesn't talk to me and gives me no insights. Which every other plant I work with, if you don't have an intention, it still will like show you stuff. Mm -hmm. This one will just 
you might get a, some interesting pictures without an intention. But for me, I really have to have an intention and talk to it and have questions, and it just talks to me. Hmm. My wife has more typical salvia experiences that I hear other people having. Um, so, for example, one time she told me she became a zipline, and people were ziplining down her. And it was this metaphor for how she, her relationship with other people sometimes. And another time she had this experience where, th- this is actually the most intense story I've heard of with Salvia. Um, it was during our diet, at the end of the diet, she had this experience where she experienced multiple past lives all in a row. Like the entire past life from start to finish. Like she just lived like 20 lives hmm. in an hour. <laughs> And she came out of it and said, I think I was living my maternal heritage, like on my mom, on her mom's side of the family, just all the women. She mm. was all the women on her mom's side of the family. She never experienced any past lives as a man on that side of the family. But she said all of the women on that side of her family were repeating the same pattern of how they, like the relationship they had to the men in their family and to the world at large and how they treated themselves. And she just saw this pattern in all these different women's lives and then probably about three days later, we get on a plane to go to New Zealand where she's from and we're flying down there with her grandparents and they're like, Hey, we have this book. It's about our family and they give it to her. And that side of her family is from Ireland originally moved to New Zealand. They're the McLean clan. So this book was about the McLean clan. It's called victory or death. It's their family motto, I guess. <laughs> so she opens it up and before she reads any, she just sees a couple like, they're just black and white ink drawings, and they look just like the vision she has. Wow. Like the vision she, they just match that type of cartoon style that was in this book. And she's like, whoa, this looks just like some of the visions I was having. So we get on the airplane, and she's reading the book, and she's just telling, like, these are the, these stories are the women that I was living, like wow. in my vision a few days ago. Like, I, I was this lady. and But now she's reading about it after experiencing the visions. Wow. Um, so the, the salvia divinorum means diviner sage. So sometimes they say you get glimpses of the future. And during that diet, me and her kept getting glimpses of the future, especially my wife. She, she's a lot more sensitive than me sometimes. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't had that so much since then when we work with salvia, but during the diet, it was like, you would have these little glimpses of the future, not even necessarily like always personal things. Sometimes something just random like it was Salvia's way of just seeing, like showing us what it could do. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> when you think about the people that you've worked with and the people that you have, you know, gone to Peru with, and the roles that some of these plants can can play in people's lives, how does one individual or a practitioner? Mm-hmm determine which sorts of plant medicines are appropriate for which person or which affliction or problem that they're experiencing? Yeah. Uh, the first thing is always safety. Make sure something's safe for somebody. Uh, so if like for combo, if you've had recent head injuries with internal bleeding, it uh, dilates your circulatory system. So it could, you know, we're not going to do combo if you just had a recent head injury, something like that. So you definitely have to do some intake to make sure something's safe. With ayahuasca, a lot of people don't want to mix it with antidepressants because uh, there's a theory that the combination could cause serotonin syndrome, 
which is basically you take too many antidepressants because ayahuasca itself is a natural antidepressant. Um, so yeah, you want to do some safety stuff like that. You need to do that first. If somebody, if it's safe for them to work with different medicines and they're trying to f pick which one they want to focus on, I would actually say uh, if you have a good practitioner you could sit with, I would focus on finding the right practitioner more than the right medicine, hmm. like somebody you really resonate with. Um, but if you're really just focusing on which medicine you want to work with the most, maybe because you're going to do it on your own or you know a practitioner that works with multiple I think if you get a description about each one, something will jump out at you. Like your intuition or your feelings will just, like um, when people, you know, I like to work with like San Pedro on mushrooms and ayahuasca. If I was comparing those for people, I would usually say San Pedro is often a lot more emotional and euphoric and mood altering, not as visionary, not as disorienting or in your face. It can be a little harder to connect to for really rational in their head people that analyze everything. Um, but like very easy to connect to for people that wear their heart on their sleeve or that are just very in touch with their intuition. Um, but also very good for somebody like if you can't work with ayahuasca because you're on antidepressants, you can work with San Pedro still. Um, or if you're just very intimidating by these like... Uh, more visionary stuff that you lose control more like ayahuasca and mushrooms san pedro might feel nicer to you because you're more grounded and more in control and more in your body still um i feel like that medicine instead of taking you somewhere it actually just brings the spirit world to you mm. so you can see your world differently but the the mushrooms i would say are the easiest and most consistent to connect to like anybody can connect to mushrooms super easy safe with antidepressants as well uh, very upfront and in your face so they get straight to the point they, they don't beat around the bush at all um, that's actually my personal favorite visionary medicine to work with and specifically which mushroom um any psilocybin mushroom uh my personal favorite is cyanessence but uh all of them are pretty similar and pretty nice um i i end up working with Cupensies the most, even though I prefer cyanessins, just because they're more accessible. Mm -hmm. um, and then ayahuasca, you know, it's, it's very different than the other two. I, I would say a lot more physical, and I, I would actually say more dependent on the tradition and ceremony than the other ones. Um, if people were going to work on something on at home on their own, I would probably recommend San Pedro mushrooms first because they're a little safer, less risks as well. Uh, ayahuasca is generally very safe, but there's a couple things that can make it a little risky. Um, but it's a, also just a more complex medicine. You have to decide if you're going to do a diet beforehand and what kind of diet and for how long. You have to know who made it or you have to make it yourself, which is actually harder than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> at least to do it well. Um, and, and I feel like ayahuasca can kind of go anywhere and the mushrooms and especially the San Pedro are a little bit more focused. Like they kind of drive the ship a little bit more. And I feel like ayahuasca really benefits from the songs that the shamans will sing that help 
steer the, the experience a little bit more. Hmm. Um, I would say for most people that want to get to know a deep and profound and well done ceremony, ayahuasca is probably going to be the easiest way to do that because there's not very many people that are offering legitimate traditional ceremonies with especially mushrooms, but even San Pedro, you usually find more like kind of new age stuff for those or um, people that just decided that they're a shaman and they're going to start offering it to people. With ayahuasca, it's a little bit easier to find trained practitioners. Um, so that's definitely like, for, for me, the biggest benefit to ayahuasca is that it's usually in a ceremonial context, where the other two, it's often to see them in a more experimental or even recreational setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes that that makes that makes total sense. Um, I want to I want to do a little I want to do a little thing here, and it's not fair necessarily because it's out of context and we don't know the person. Okay. But I'm gonna throw out uh, an affliction, <laughs> okay? And you give me your thoughts on what which of these and, and maybe ones that we haven't mentioned might make the most sense for a person. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, depression. So, for me, I honestly just like San Pedro and mushrooms a lot. So those are the first two that I would recommend, either one of them. And I would say, if you're very intimidated or more emotional, probably go for San Pedro. If you just want to get into it or you feel like you got up, a, you have a lot of walls normally or you're kind of stuck in your head and really analytical sometimes, probably go for the mushrooms. If you've had trouble connecting with other plant medicines, go for the mushrooms. Uh, I've had some people come out to ceremonies, they drank ayahuasca 10 times and had no effect. I was like, let's do some mushrooms that Mm. will get you there. And usually once you get there, it's easier to go there with other medicines. Mm. Um, Sometimes you just, there's like a a wall you need to break through a little bit. Yeah. Um, I also like that San Pedro and mushrooms are very sustainable. You're not going to over harvest them. They're easy to grow everywhere and you can grow tons of them really fast. Uh, so I think it's cool that like even San Pedro you can order it online most places um, you know in the United States where we live you can order fresh cuttings online and make your own tea I have recipes for how to do that in my book um, and then the mushrooms you can order spores online and grow them in your house so they're actually like pretty accessible at home for the average person if they're willing to research and learn how to prepare it themselves mm. And definitely put in some effort. And I actually would say, uh, if you're going to do this stuff on your own, the more work you put in on the ground floor, like making your own medicines, it'll come back to you. Like for serving medicines, it might be nice to get something in bulk or something like that. But when you're doing it yourself, I really feel like there's something special about growing and making your own medicine. Uh, Autoimmune issues. I, I generally say combo. Um, if somebody wasn't going to work with combo, I would say find a very good ayahuasca shaman and do a Sama or a Dieta with them. Would be my second recommendation. Um, anxiety. I would probably stick to San Pedro and mushrooms again. Would be my first recommendations. Um, if you're on your own, maybe the San Pedro, because if you're having like an anxiety attack during the experience, it'd be a lot easier to manage with San Pedro. And San Pedro would be less likely to trigger that. Hmm. Um, how about end of life, uh, preparations? I would say any of the visionary medicines, but whatever one you can go the deep, deepest with. For me, I've had the most, 
help around uh, fear of death from mushrooms, but that might be just my own personal experience. Um, I've never had a dying experience with San Pedro before. I've had one with ayahuasca. I've had a few dozen with mushrooms. Hmm. Um, I, I also feel like mushrooms just feed off of death and turn it into life. So, <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Sometimes there's meaningful symbolism or metaphors there, even yeah. if it's just something personal, you know. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, bodily pain? Hmm, that's a good one. For me, uh, I would say combo San Pedro or ayahuasca for that. Um, and, and ayahuasca would just be if, you're, if you have like a good practitioner, you can see. I've seen a lot of people get good results with all of those. I've, I've seen good results with mushrooms too. I've probably seen the most consistent results from combo for chronic pain. Hmm. Same with uh, chronic fatigue. Combo is really, really good for chronic fatigue. All the plant medicines, if you're doing it well, should be able to help, especially like if you have a good practitioner you can work with. But combo, you'll probably see benefits like within hours or a day or two. <laughs> what about um, uh, despair, loss of a loved one? If it was me, I would go to San Pedro Mushrooms for that. Um, I would go to San Pedro if I felt like I couldn't handle that much and I just really needed comfort and support and was just scared of, like, what if the plant medicine makes it harder? Um, but for me, like, if I felt like I was ready to get into it, I, I would work with the mushrooms because that's the easiest medicine for me to, like, get deep into something just like we're going to get down into the work right away. What about for for people who are they've got big dreams, big goals, and they want to execute towards them? Yeah. So for manifestation, I would probably pick mushrooms because it's easy to get straight to the point of something, and I can get very clear kind of insight with mushrooms. Um, so I feel like sometimes ayahuasca is confusing the messages you get. Sometimes San Pedro can be a little confusing, but mushrooms, it's often very crystal clear. Um, but also they can be very inspirational and even like enjoyable and fun in a way and kind of playful. And I think when you want to create something or put your ideas out there or really express yourself, it, it's good to have that like joy and excitement in your heart. And I feel like that energy from the mushrooms just a lot. Hmm. What about gut issues like digestion yeah a lot of times i'd probably go for combo or ayahuasca would be really nice for digestive stuff like when you work in a ceremony with plant medicines the plant medicine you can kind of do anything with the ceremony you know the ceremony brings in more than just what's in the plant you know it becomes like a spiritual thing at that point but the ayahuasca and the combo also specifically, really physically, can get into your digestion and clean you out a good bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a story there. I've seen there. good results there, too. Yeah. 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 How about for issues regarding, um, like, breathing, respiration, chest colds? Yeah, breathing and stuff. I feel like that's probably going to be really emotional. So... I think whatever is going to help you feel vulnerable and work through your emotions, like San Pedro sounds really nice to me. Mushrooms sound nice to me. If you have access to good ayahuasca ceremony, 
you know, for most people doing stuff on their own, I, I would say San Pedro or mushrooms. And if you have a good practitioner, chances are they're going to be serving ayahuasca because that's the easier thing to be trained in right now. Hmm. Hmm. What are some frequently asked questions or, or common ailments or afflictions that people are dealing with that, that, that they come to yeah. you for? Um, you know, sometimes it feels like practitioners draw certain types of people to them. So I don't know if that's the case, but I, I see a lot of people that have anything related to depression and anxiety, PTSD, all that kind of stuff. Um, definitely I have some people that are bipolar, OCD, um, and then I, I've had a lot of people with migraines and stuff too, and cluster headaches. I also get a lot of people with addiction problems, um, drug addictions especially, but even other stuff too. And depending on how deep they are into it, that can be kind of tricky. Um, if they're on their edge where it's like they can get clean, but they keep going back and getting clean, those are usually the people that are a little easier to help than the people that are just like stuck deep in it. Um, usually I feel like they need more support than I can offer them by myself. Mm. But um, I also get a lot of people with chronic pain, chronic fatigue, and autoimmune issues. Those are very common for people to come to me with. Yeah. You know, as you were describing that, thank you for running me through that. That, mm-hmm. that was That's fascinating. Um, you know, the, the, this concept has come to me and something I think about frequently, which is for, for people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol uh i find it sometimes a little bit challenging for some of those people who are dealing with addiction Mm -hmm. to go then explore psychedelics as a way to help them out of that space right you know for context you know iboga ibogaine Mm -hmm. is like you know opioid um really helpful for for opioids The, the the and, and I'm not trying to be critical, but what I'm trying to just sort of illuminate is for people who are dealing with heavy addictions, yeah. for them to go use a psychedelic that's going to put them in a, in a dissociative state mm-hmm. or even just give them a light show, mm-hmm. is there is it, tr- is it tricky or how do you, how do you think about that? Uh, I think a lot of it depends on the context. If they do some mushrooms at a party, probably not a good idea if you're dealing with addiction. But a lot of that is the context. My experience has been if they come to a serious ceremony, probably doesn't matter what the plant medicine is. If the, if the setting is serious, they'll probably do serious work there. The problem I see the most often, though, is that if somebody is having serious addiction problems, the plant medicines and the ceremonies are good at working through the trauma that led them to the addiction but isn't very good at helping them have daily support in their life because they might need to change every aspect of their life. Like you can't see any of your friends that do drugs anymore Mm. if if you're trying to be clean. Chances are you're going to have to get new friends and take all those numbers out of your phone because if you're having a bad day, who are you going to call? You know, when you're feeling tempted, you don't want it to be easy to call those people. Um, but then the problem is that they come to do a ceremony and then they want to go to AA or some or NA or something like that. They'll go to AA and AA won't let them tell the story about how ayahuasca helped them. Won't like that's not okay at AA. Hmm. Even though AA was started by a guy's acid trip. 
Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of friends that actually told me the way they got clean off of opiates or these other really serious addictions was the combination of AA and plant medicines. In a lot of cases, they were going to traditional ayahuasca ceremonies or something like that. And they said the hardest part was that they couldn't talk about any of the ceremonies in AA. And so it was hard trying to get the benefits from both because they're like, at AA, I have all this support. I can call my sponsor. We have this group where we can relate to each other and share our experiences and talk through our problems and try to create better living habits. But it wasn't going deep enough into like healing their root trauma that kept, you know, driving them to addiction in the first place. Mm. And then when they did the ceremonies, it was helping them with the deeper problems, but wasn't enough support for them. And the, like they, they felt like they needed both. And there's almost nowhere that offers both. I know of one place, and they are probably the most effective rehab treatment center in the world. It's in Peru. It's called Takawasi, and it's run by a Peruvian doctor and a French doctor. Both of them are trained ayahuasqueros as hmm. well as doctors. Wow. Um, so they combine traditional ayahuasca treatment of drug addiction with traditional psychological western-based treatment of drug addiction group living and all that stuff wow um i think bbc did a study on them some years ago and i, I think bbc said that they had a 70 percent success rating for people that do their full program the most rehab centers in the world don't even have 10 percent hmm. um, so it was like even if BBC was, you know, inflating it by double, that would still be incredibly significant and mind blowing. Wow. wow. Incredible. If you if you had to make an appeal as an advocate for these plant medicines, you know, with responsible use mm-hmm. and with 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 you know conscientiousness, um, what might that sound like? I definitely support freedom. I think people should be able to experiment with their own consciousness. So I am not for making anything illegal or like controlling who can have them. With that said, my recommendation to people would be to take these things seriously and be very respectful. If you're going to play with them, that's your decision and you might have a lot of fun. I I hope it goes well for you. (laughs) Uh, But I think if you want to get a deeper spiritual practice out of it or deeper healing out of it, you need to put more work and respect into it. Uh, To give you a personal story, I was at a festival that I would consider a more mature festival. Like a lot of the people going to this festival were in their 30s and 40s and they weren't like rager party people. They like to have a good time. They want to dance and stuff. Um, But they weren't like super wild party animals or anything. Uh, there was even some families at this festival and stuff like as far as festivals to go very mature and chill crowd but I was in this group of maybe 15 or 20 of us standing in a circle talking and somehow antidepressants came up and this was a group of people who have probably been doing psychedelics for decades most of them have probably been taking them 5, 10, 20, 30 years and some of them are doing it every weekend if they were doing that many ceremonies they would not be battling depression but all of a sudden everybody in this group was talking about yeah i'm on antidepressants too yeah me too i've been on them 10 years i've been on them 20 years and all of a sudden i realized these people do psychedelics all the time but they're not getting any of the benefits you're hearing about in psychedelic assisted therapy even 
like when people ask, um, like, th- there's a difference between doing therapy and having fun. And sometimes when you're having fun, you might get a little therapy out of it. And sometimes when you're doing therapy, you might have a little fun. The line's a little blurry, but they are different things. Um, so I would just say the more respect and care and thoughtfulness you put into it, the more the plants are going to give you. And I, I can say personally, I worked with mushrooms for probably 10 years before I did a ceremony with them. And when I did a ceremony with them the first time, it was night and day different mm. what they, the experience I had. And all of a sudden mushrooms started doing things to me I didn't know mushrooms could do. But it was just because I started singing these medicine songs like you would hear in an ayahuasca or San Pedro ceremony. And all of a sudden there was this whole deeper side of the mushrooms that was just waiting for somebody to give them the right care and attention. Hmm. (laughs) Well said. Well said. Well... This has been such a cool conversation. I mean, just to be here sitting in your living room and, and, and walking through all of these different things has just been such a treat. I know everybody listening is going, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Where, where can people go to learn more about you? Where can they find the book? Where would you send them on the internet? Yeah. Uh, the easiest way is just my website, soulremedy.org. .org is the important part. It's not soulremedy.com. It's .org. <laughs> Uh, my books are on Amazon, but you can find free chapters to all my books on my website if you just want to read a couple samples before you go buy the book. You can also just email me and buy a $5 PDF of my books if you're short on cash or you got an e-reader. Um, but yeah, just uh, check out my website. There's links to my YouTube channel on there, or just email me, Travis at soulremedy.org. Easy. Um, I love helping people out and answering questions just because early on my path I had no assistance. I just didn't know where to turn. And so I'm glad to be there to offer other people some support or direction that are in a similar position because it's hard finding your own way. Hmm. And we don't have to do everything on our own. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for that reminder. Uh, So my last question is a fill-in-the-blank question. Okay. And... uh, um, this can be based on anything or everything, anything that you know, it doesn't have to be specific to any one, uh, plant medicine or anything like that. Uh, and you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Hmm. That's a tough one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, everyone would benefit from knowing what they truly desire in their own heart. And what I mean by that is. When I first got into plant medicines, you know, I thought I wanted some things and I realized I want them in the moment, but they don't lead me to where I really want to be or they don't lead me into the lifestyle I really want. And so I realized even if like eating cake right now sounds good, I feel better when I don't eat cake often. So I'm just not going to eat cake often. It's not going to be in my house. It's not going to be a part of my life because I know in my heart I want to feel good. Um. So yeah, make, make your decisions based on what you know will actually make you happy. Uh, more than just chasing, you know, right now. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Travis Boddick, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. A lot of fun. <laughs>